to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Today on the Unicorns, we're featuring a unique business out of Wollongong in New South Wales called Devika. Devika has clients across Australia and around the world. Devika is much more than a tech company, they're creators and collaborators. Essentially, Devika is an ideas factory that helps turn ambitious ideas into digital realities and unstoppable ventures. The team has expertise in VR, AR, AI, mobile applications, websites, and much more. The founder and CEO of Devika is Ken Kenchevsky. G'day, Ken. Welcome to the program. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me. Let's begin by you sharing the inspiration and the motivation behind the creation of Devika. Yeah, it's a good question. So I started Devika around seven, nearly eight years ago. And uh, in my previous life, I, I worked at a fam- our family business where we um, it was mainly around high-performance car parts. And I was the first IT or soft tech person in the room. And, uh, and I really assisted with bringing the digital transformation of that business to life. And through that journey, I got uh, a little bit of an insight into, into startups and, and where, the, where they were headed. And I was lucky enough to, um, to go to Silicon Valley to just see what was going on. I think that was in like 2015. And uh, really after that trip, seeing where they were going and where they were heading, uh, I didn't want to sit, sit by and just watch them. Uh, I really wanted to be part of it. So uh, I came back and, and 12 months later, I decided to start a services company in, in the tech space. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm very passionate about building products and the rest is history. Devika is described as a company where technology meets purpose. Can you elaborate on what that means to you personally? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, Building a company is more than just what we do, let's say building websites, mobile apps, or VR and AR applications, or whatever that may be. So for us, having um, our pillars as people, planet, pushing boundaries and, and prosperity, there's always been uh, at the forefront of every decision that we make. And whether that's who we collaborate with, how we and how we collaborate with them, those, those pillars are always really important to us. So maybe uh, if we could get into, Ken, the journey of Devika from its inception, as you said, many years ago to where it is today at the end of 2023. In the inception, it's not like um, one thing I didn't have going for me was like, it's not like I was an accountant or a lawyer that was working at, at, at a law firm. And then I've taken all my clients with me when I've started, you know, my my next journey on my own. For, for me, it was I was I was working product, yeah primarily in a business where uh, we were implementing tech, but just for ourselves. So I had worked with a lot of different vendors, but I didn't really have any exposure to clients. So when you start a business from scratch and you don't have any clients, and uh, no, no one's ever seen you do this for anyone else, uh, it's it's a pretty pretty big hill to to, to cross. Um, and so I think for me. It was about building momentum. So not many people know, but like when I first started, you can't just start building massive web and mobile applications straight away. You have to start somewhere. So for me, uh, being the only one in the room, uh, I knew that my 
developer skills were okay, um, but my design skills sucked. So what I did was I, I worked really closely with a design, local design agency uh, and went around selling websites at the start that were $900 landing pages. And people would think, you know, how much money can there be in $900 websites? But I, I managed to do a HTML template, uh, a Google form that they would fill out, and it would probably take me about 30 minutes to build a website. So I say I was on about eight, 800 bucks an hour back then. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah. You know, that, that helped us gain momentum. And then, you know, you move from $900 websites to $5,000 websites, to 10000 all the way through to, you know, hundreds of thousands and even uh, over a million dollar contracts to date. So probably about three, four years into the journey when we started to really start building large applications. Uh, we had to make a decision whether we were going to stop doing small projects. I didn't want to just stop doing it straight away. So I, I did a bit of research into into like the gigs that we had, we'd worked on. And what I found was 50% of our largest clients all came from small engagements. And that's where, you know, we wanted to maintain some of those small engagements and allow ourselves to be part of these journeys, not just by pricing things out so quickly. You know, we'll go into it later, but that's kind of where baseline came from as well. Because when we would build something big and complex, it would get really expensive really quickly. And we would always say, look, if we had something that we could just pull off the shelf and give us the first three to six months of that development out of the box, we could start charging a lot less and, and take on a lot more projects. Um, so it wasn't like we wanted to build a framework just to make more money. It was actually to, to build a framework to become more accessible. And that's where baseline came about, where we, where we spent three, four years, you know, building this this framework in house. And then, as as some people know, we we've taken that to market in the last couple of months. We'll touch on uh, baseline a little bit later, but I'd like to get into the weeds now around Devika. So, what exactly does Devika do? Yeah, so a typical engagement is someone come to us with a digital product idea. Uh, that they want to build. Sometimes it's a startup. Sometimes it's even um, a corporate entity looking to do a, a greenfield project. And um, that engagement will be like either we do the planning and design phase, and we where we take their idea, we we do uh, map all their activities, uh, workflows, wireframes, uh, and designs, and then build out a, a blueprint for development. And then we move to the actual building of the application. There's probably a 50-50, so sometimes they're brand new projects and then sometimes uh, they're companies that already exist and they're doing something quite well, but it's very manual, monotonous, and uh, they're losing a lot of efficiencies. And our job is to come in and really do do a digital transformation of that business. So on that transformation piece, what role has innovation played in shaping Devika's identity and its overall mission? Yeah, I think for us, the difference between, I think, someone going and hiring, you know, their own team uh, to build a product compared to us is that we build and launch a product every month. We get to see what's happening in the market. We get to see what's new and we're constantly applying those different things for each of those product launches. And then we're able to take all of those learnings and bring them backwards to the clients that we're working with. And I think we just have a really unfair advantage compared to like product teams that are more in a silo and don't get the opportunity to do those things that often. And I think 
that rate of that rate of implementation become you know the rate of innovation becomes a lot higher for us because we're able to try new things very often. Devic has worked with some some great clients, some very prestigious names like Westpac, Intel, Coachella. What are some of the really exciting projects that you've been involved in with Devica? Yeah, we've we've been lucky enough to be part of a few pretty cool ones. So uh, the Intel project was in collaboration with Coachella. So what they wanted was they had Intel had these cameras that would uh, look out to the audience, and they wanted to build a visualization tool while DJs were playing music. So they got us. Yeah, so rather than actually doing a visualization that was uh, uh, something that was pre pre created, they wanted something that was live and interactive with the music and the audience. So we built out that experience uh, with Intel, and they implemented that at the Coachella festivals. As DJs playing, the the screen would change. Uh, there was times where the, the the audience would turn into skeletons on the screen, and and they could dance around, uh, and we'd be able to see that on screen. Uh, we've worked with Westpac and you know the innovation team on what the future of banking looks like. Holograms, you put on a headset today, but tomorrow that could be just a, a pair of glasses that you wear day to day. You know, Apple's making a lot of news around these these glasses as well, and that was really gives us the create the freedom to to create it, and that, that's been really really awesome. And uh, you know, we've we've done stuff with the University of Wollongong around facilities management and. How, how to take all the data from uh, a digital twin, yeah, for, from a building, create a digital twin, and then also be able to like open and close doors and windows within GR in the, you know, in the real world uh, through actuators and a, you know, APIs and all that kind of stuff, uh, hydraulics. So yeah, we've, we've, we've done some pretty, you know, pretty fun stuff with some pretty cool people. And there are a few different parts to the business, am I right? So you've got the creations part of Devica, which you've touched on, and then you've got Devica Ventures and Devica Learning. So can you touch on Devica Ventures, what is involved with that, and also Devica Learning? Yeah, definitely. So when people come to us with these ideas, a lot of the time, if it's a startup, they, they're looking to seek investment. What we're able to do is... Over the years, we've worked with so many VCs and we've built up a bit of a network with VCs that they really feel comfortable in investing in startups. If they, if they really like the founder and they like the idea and there's no one technical, then, and they know that they're going to build the, the application with us, then that gives them a lot of comfort to invest in these startups. And even further, uh, we, we are in a position where a lot of the time, you know, if it fits our mandate, we're able to write that first check for the startup as well. Um, so we, you know, just signed a contract yesterday for for one that uh, really fits our mandate well. We the, the, there are definitely VCs that would like to invest in that. It's just too early for them. So a lot of them want to see a, a little bit of a run on the board. They want to see that planning and design phase done. They would like to know a bit more around the business model and the metrics. And these are all things that the founders. Uh, struggle to answer so we were able to come to the table i really assist assist with that we still rely on them obviously 100 percent of this subject matter expert is driven by the founder for us it's just about giving them the options and building a bit of a roadmap for the product and the technology side of the business and then de-risking it for investors to come in 
And then we can be part of that journey. You know, we've got one at the moment that we've been part of for like six years, six, seven years. I was one of our first clients. They've raised money. They've become, uh, they, yeah, they hit break even. Now they're profitable. And, you know, they've had instant, instant you know, uh, times where they, they've been looked to get bought out and, you know, all the due diligence that gets done. You know, one of them is a top 20 ASX listed company and, that DD process is really intense. They they ask a lot of questions. There's multiple meetings and uh, and yeah, you know, we we did all of them on behalf of the founder when it came to the technology side. So um, and and they successfully secured uh, investment off that and uh, a potential exit. And because we also have skin in the game, it allows us to also maneuver and and be part of that journey. It's not a transaction. It's it's actually more of a, a partnership and we look to really you know, see them through the, that journey and get them to the finish line, whatever that may look like. And in many cases, that could even be moving in-house and we would assist with that process because it's it's also in our best interest because we're part of the upside. And what about Devika Learning? Yeah, so that's that's been more of a, um, a like a bit of a hobby. So there's there's... For us, there's been no money to be made in education. We've just really done it uh, out of the love of, of wanting to give back uh, with our services. So primarily in the Illawarra region, uh, we've run you know hundreds of workshops at schools uh, during uh, during holidays, like the holidays are coming up and we've got a bunch of workshops during January and even February. So um, a lot of time, yeah, when I was studying, there was there wasn't a great deal of access to different things. There's probably a lot more than the ten years before I started. But uh, when I was doing it, it was you know if, if I didn't have a tutor or someone you know, assisting me with with uh, you know the the software development side of um, of what I was doing at university, I definitely would have struggled. So when I started Devika, I always wanted to have a part of the company where we gave back some of the time from. The software developers to upcoming, um, you know, teenagers and students looking to do software development, and you know, we probably had about three, I think, what have four work experience kids here in the office in the last, yeah, two months. Definitely hear a lot of tech companies, yeah, that want to do these types of things, but uh, locally, but for us, it's it's part of it's part of the reason why we started the company was to give back. So uh, we don't really have a problem with them been here and that's uh, giving it the time. Fantastic. Now, you're looking into the market all the time. What are some of the key technologies and trends that you're seeing and you're excited about? Yeah. So, in my previous life uh, at the family business, yeah, we became a top online retailer and that was because we were on the trend of mobile responsiveness before the rest of the market. So, these days, that sounds really ridiculous, but back then, it was you know uh, responsive websites were, were starting to become a thing. Uh, before you had to kind of design a desktop and a mobile, and then it kind of became uh, this responsiveness um, to to web websites and web applications. And then your eBay's and you know eBay's, Amazon's, and all that kind of jazz started to move towards mobile apps. So actually, building out all your collateral around native applications. So I've always been intrigued with what's the next user interface, and that's when you know even going to Silicon Valley and seeing where virtual reality was and how big and clunky it was 
uh, and and how much smaller it's becoming. When, when I look at it, I, I, I felt like maybe VR and AR was a lot closer uh, than maybe say AI or, or sleeps. Um, but yeah, during COVID, what we've definitely traveled with seen AI and, and voice what really, yeah, and really um, that trimming problem more and more and seeing VR and AR take a bit of a backseat. But I think over the next couple of years, we'll start to see that come back. And I've been saying this for probably the last five years, you know, we AR will be full when Apple makes it. So I think uh, Apple is always at the forefront of, of the end user. So even though Microsoft's bringing out all these AR headsets and doing all these things, my take is that a lot of it is business-to-business focused and it won't hit mainstream until you get someone like a, an Apple that really designed something that makes sense and that that could take you know, three or four or five years longer than, than a Microsoft. But I think when it happens, it'll feel like it was always part of our life. Tell us more, Ken, about your vision for the future and how Devika plans to stay at the forefront of technology. I think for us, it's it's always really hard to plan many, many years ahead. But I think when we look at technology, like I said, we, we almost live our lifetime a fortnight at a, at a time. So, you know, one sprint <laughs> at a time uh, is kind of the ethos like it. around here. So the, the good part about that is because it's a, we're, look, we're looking at things a fortnight at a time, when something new comes in, we, we do have the ability to, to implement, experiment, and either keep it or throw it out. And I think that's that's really been key for us to stay ahead of the curve. I think another thing is, is uh, a lot of what we do is very modular. So like we're never really stuck to one thing. Like even though we we say today, you know, let's say baseline's built off Node.js and React.js and, and there's React Native, if some if something was to become more popular and make more sense, we have the ability to take one of those UIs out and and one of those modules out and and replace it for something new and i think that's that's kind of key for us is uh keeping keeping the ability for us to be flexible and and agile to to things that are happening in the market what about some projects that you're currently working on that align with your vision and mission anything that you can tell us about that you're that you're working on? Yeah, probably the, the biggest one is is a collaboration with Sally Fitzgibbons. So she's a pro server. Uh, she's been our brand ambassador for many, many years. Uh, you know, we always wanted to set out to build a VR experience together. And uh, we, we we had built an experience in education, which was pretty, pretty passionate about that. And then we built another one that was in uh, mental health and regulating anxiety, especially in the NDIS space. After talking to her a few times, she really, especially during COVID, wanted to do something in that mental health space. So we we went back and we thought, what could we build with Sally? And what we did was, um, you know, she would tell us about what her routine was during COVID. And we we what we did was we picked an experience that was based around art therapy and and the beach. So we built out the VR experience where you put the headset on and you're at the beach. And you can hear the waves, you can hear the ocean, the uh, the birds, you can feel the sun. And essentially there's um, a bunch of surfboards and some of them have templates, some of them are, are, you know, are, are just plain. And what you do is you can pick, uh, pick up paint 
the paintbrushes and start painting these um, these surfboards. And and there's an er- element of art therapy uh, where you can just immerse yourself, paint these boards, and kind of lose yourself for twenty or thirty minutes, and um, and come out of it really feeling refreshed. It's like you've been at the beach. Yeah, and this is not just something that we've made up. Like we have, we work really closely with the University of Wollongong and Western Sydney University around doing research papers and really iterating these experiences around what does regulate anxiety and how does it work. Those papers are, are published and they're being presented at conferences, which is really cool. And um, and I think for us, that's that's quite impactful because when we when we implemented some of the early VR experiences in NDIS providers and being able to see how this thing, how this is being used as a tool to regulate anxiety for participants brings a lot of joy to to us, uh, to me and the team. So being able to like show some of the videos of um, the experiences of participants has just been amazing. Now you've 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 touched on baseline a little earlier. Let's get into what baseline is. What what is this and how does it work? Yeah, so baseline is uh, a framework for building uh, web and mobile applications. So it gives you all of the things that you need, all of the mandatory aspects of building a web and mobile applications out of the box, um, and essentially that three to six months uh, of development and decision making and uh, and and it's, I guess the people involved in that. So it's yeah. You know, sometimes I, I talk about building a house and as a metaphor, and and hiring three software developers to start building your house straight away. And very similar to a digital product, for us, you know, we you know, with, with that with baseline, you're getting it's not three software developers. You're getting what a CTO, a product lead, um, you know, a QA engineer, the CI/CD, all of these different aspects of what make an engineering team end-to-end um, are given out of the box. So essentially, if you did have one, two, or three software developers, they could, from day one, start building everything that's unique to your product straight away. And why do you think, Ken, Baseline is so important for, for tech founders, for startup founders? For us, if something else, if something else existed, we probably would have used it. Um, and, and what I mean by that is there's a bunch of things that exist but didn't do everything we wanted it to do. So, you know, you, you've got things like Firebase where you, know, you, can, you, can, um, you can use that pretty quickly. You can get it up and running. But once you start to scale, you start to have issues. When you need to, when you need to have full accessibility of it, Backend and you know scalability and uh, you know it's it starts to have limitations and then the the other part was you know we always wanted to use AWS and and we couldn't really find something that uh, that had all the industry standards in it and that's where you know we we just started to work on that ourselves and that's how our baseline came to life and then we really used all those learnings not only from like the first three three to six months. But also, like when we see ventures that are actually getting, you know, uh, looked at by the other venture capital firms and other people looking to buy them out, and all the questions that they ask and all the things that they expect in order to purchase that startup comes out of the box with baseline. So, so that way, you, you don't have egg on your face five or six years later. You actually have been thinking about these things uh, from day one. You've been implementing them from day one. And, the, and that's what they're going to look for, and you're able to answer those questions. Speaking of egg on your face, have there been any uh, big challenges that you faced in your journey as the the founder of Devika and, and bringing Baseline to market? 
there, there must have been some tough times for you, Ken. Like anything, when you're building something that doesn't really exist, you, you kind of sometimes have a vision for it, but you're not really sure how you're going to execute it. And then we we kind of, when we, when we first built Baseline, the fee, very V0.1, th- there's been a significant amount of learning. So many that we actually, we put a pause on uh, Baseline before we went to go to the public and said, well, let's, let's put a freeze, let's have a look at what we did. Uh, what worked, what didn't work, and let's implement that before we go to you know make a public release. And we we didn't do a public release for nearly twelve months. So we had um, so baseline uh, as a side company to to Devico was actually started. But yeah, there was a good nine to twelve months of rethink. Yeah, you know, first principles, rethinking all all the different problems that we've had to solve, and then also thinking about how this was going to be used. Uh, by other people, not just us, uh, and getting rid of a lot of those biases uh, and and making sure that pro- that was product market fit. So, yeah, we we definitely have to pause things and, and relook at things. Um, but I think that's part of the journey. And what about motivation for you, Ken? Personally, what what is it that drives you to continue pushing the boundaries in the tech industry? I think it's just like I'm naturally pretty curious, and uh, and and I think that curiosity that is what keeps you going. So, you know, what, what is it like to build something, you know, for someone else that becomes big? And then what does an exit look like for that? And then what does it look like when someone's raising a lot of money? And then what does it look like when... So just the curiosity of all these different things, um, I think, keeps us going. We're, we're definitely passionate about progress. So sometimes, you know, a, a bit like the learning program, you see that there's, there's not really anyone locally um, doing it, and I, I was fortunate enough where where I went to school, they, they they say, "Hey, we want to put your photo up. Do you want to come past the school?" And uh, and I went there, and I said, "Oh, so what are you what are you doing in the software development space?" And they said, "Oh, we got rid of everything to do with IT and, and software." And I was like, "So when I hear things like that, I I, I just think, well, you know, we, we need to do something about it. Like these kids, they need a they need to have access to these you know to the skill sets that we have in the office." This is definitely a skill set of the future. Um, it's it's definitely very important. Just a lot of demand and supply. Um, and I feel even myself, if I had exposure to it at school, like I never looked at software development while at school. Where I think if I had exposure to it, I probably would have started coding a lot earlier. And um, and I think I think we just kind of owe it to to that generation as well. Like so, when I see things like that, I just think, yeah, if no one else is doing it, then we should do it. And same, same with baseline. It was like, let's use something else that exists and not waste our time. But when we when we saw there wasn't really something uh, that was that that could do what we needed it to do, in uh, then we figured we should we should build it ourselves. So I think yeah, those things are really important, and not just to sit back and wait for someone else to do it, but to actually just get involved um, and, and give it a go. I think that's really important. And finally, Ken, how can people, startups, big businesses get involved or collaborate with Devika or, or Baseline and be part of the be part of the mission? You can connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a DM, and then we can schedule a call and and see what we can do. Um, alternatively, put an inquiry form through the website, and and so I'll be in touch. Yeah. At the moment, we also have an early access program to Baseline to to the general public, so. You can definitely go to the baseline website and register for that as well and 
and then go from there. Ken Kenchevsky, founder of Devika, founder of Baseline. Many thanks for coming on to the Unicorns podcast today and all the very best in 2024, Ken. Good luck, mate, and um, Godspeed. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. 